What is going on, guys? JB with Code Fellowship Podcast here. I'm so excited to bring you this episode. I can't even speak today. I'm so excited uh, to bring you another episode. Uh, actually, with a special guest today, uh, Zach is actually out of town having a wonderful time at Disney World or Walt Disney. One of those two. He's in Disney. That's all I know. And uh, decompressing, you know, resetting. It's always a good thing, right, to have a sabbatical away from you know things of the world it's it's stressful trying to look for jobs it's a full-time job in of itself uh but let's pray for him as well and uh, he has a safe return and he spends a good time with his wife and then when he comes back we'll keep on rolling but in today's episode i actually have a um recent former classmate of mine's from dev code camp in the thallium cohort go thallium if you're watching and uh, his name is uh, Stanley. How do you how do you pronounce your last name? I don't want to butcher it. It it is Pethel, P E T H E L, just like Bethel, but not, Pethel. Not pellets, guys. It's Pethel. <laughs> <laughs> so Stan, welcome to the Co Fellowship Podcast. So well, thank um, you for having me. Yeah, really glad to have you. I know that you reached out to me, guys. He's he was really passionate. He's like, I want to be on the podcast. I'm like, all right. Everybody else is on a list, but he pushed himself straight to the top of the list. <laughs> it's like, I'm available anytime. And actually, we've been delayed by one episode. So praise God that we do have the time now to to speak. And I know there's some challenges throughout the day. So I still give thanks to God for giving us this time. So Stan, introduce yourself. Um, well, uh, we already know your name. What do you do? What got you into coding? Uh, I know that you're also a veteran. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Um... Well, I'm Stan, and I'm married with seven children, and um, I got into, I guess, the tech realm early on. Um, I want to say probably around 2004, I started messing around with computers and just trying to figure out how networks work and on that side of it. Um, you know, how does this hard drive work? How does this kind of stuff work? And I didn't really follow it very long because I was I was pushed by some friends to join the army. And so I went the army route, became a mechanic and um, did uh, two tours. I did one in Iraq and one in Afghanistan. And I was always fascinated by the techie things that the military has. That was a little bit more advanced than what we would see in public society. Not military grade, right? No, actually, surprisingly, most stuff that they deem as military grade is actually some other company that made something cool and they painted it green. <laughs> you know, and uh, it's always some smart company it somewhere green, that makes it something. military grade. <laughs> right, right. So, um, you know, I was always fascinated by how they would do signal. You know, they could go to anywhere and just create signal. And I thought that was really cool. Um, my cousin was involved with some of that and they would just go on top of a mountain. They would call it signal mountain. And, uh, like, were they putting to... a relay point up there? Yeah, they were doing relay yeah. points and then they'd have teams go into towns and make relay points and then guard those points. And, uh, uh, I don't, did you get to go to Iraq or Afghanistan? I unfortunately didn't have the opportunity to get deployed. Um, I guess it's a fortunate thing in God's eyes, but <laughs> for my yeah. family, but it's unfortunate. I wish I had the experience. Uh, but I did a lot of field training and simulations and dealt with a lot okay. of hardcore stuff. Well, like in, that. in Iraq specifically, and if you, some of your members have, or viewers have been before, they would have noticed these giant blimp looking things that they would float way up above a compound. And they would have, we were told, some $5 million camera. 
and it was basically looking over the town. And so signal would work from what I understand, signal would be able to pass forth signal to communicate, but also uh, as a relay or line of sight relay for cameras, which is to me was like, Oh, that's next level. You know, that's, that's next level stuff. So um, that kind of sparked my interest too. And I, I came home, um, I dealt with a divorce from my first wife after coming home and started going to the oil field and wanted to learn some of the electronic side of working in the oil field, which is like hydrostatic pressures and things like that. I, I got involved working as a hot oiler and then, which is uh, testing pressures and things like that. And then I wanted to get on the wireline side. I never got the opportunity, but I was always fascinated by wireline because they were like the techie group that would work in the oil field. So I, I got done with that. I came home and then I, I just was like always had this drive to learn about technology and coding and programming because I thought it's so cool to build a website. It's so cool to get paid to build a website and use your creative mind to develop things. So that's kind of how it led me down the road to coming to DevCode Camp. And plus, you know, it being able to use our GI Bill was a plus. But uh, I have been kind of a journeyman where I would go out and start my own business doing different things to make different money. And those are basically opportunities that, you know, some of my friends would talk about or some ideas, you know, to, to create, you know, a company just to make money so I can focus on doing other things. And that's exactly what I did. I created a company where I didn't have to be there so I could go through code camp so I could pay my bills and also carry on this hobby. And, yeah, and I, I did he, just graduating. We did talk a little bit about that, like mm -hmm. class and and you, it's like a transportation business, right? For RVs and stuff. Well, yeah. Now they uh, he just hauls RVs everywhere. Um, we were doing a little bit of hot shot, which is general freight, uh, which would be anything from steel to wire to wood to whatever. I was an eighty-eight mic, so I I understand those terminologies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, sim very similar. Um, it's just general freight. And then he got into the RV thing because the trailer that we had was uh, falling apart. <laughs> and because of, the, I guess, the ports being shut down or whatever, they're not getting new trailers in. Um, yeah, right. And they're not getting new trailers in. And when you go online to try to buy one, you can't find one or they're backordered a lot. So... Uh, I was like, well, I can't buy another one. I, I, I'd have to wait six months, and I can't be out of business that long. So we got into the RV thing. That's good. So that's good. You know, it's uh that's the beauty of that only being a, a veteran or like you know previous soldier is it's we learn to adapt to all situations, and mm -hmm. you know the the army is all about uh, being always forward, pushing through. Right. right. And, Don't give up. Yeah. And like this, you know, the motto is uh, this will defend. And that's how we try to treat our lives. You know, we'll defend our family, our states, and we'll find ways to make that happen. Um, so, yeah, it's it's awesome to hear that you're brothers in arms um, and just the experiences of you had to, to lead you to where where you are now. Um, and I think that's what makes us uh, even better programmers, even better coders. Because in the military, you are trained to think on your feet. So it's a different type of critical thinking. It's it's the type of critical thinking that keeps you on the edge. And you know it from being deployed. You're, you're more in a combat zone 
and you have to think quick. I'm like, oh, uh, if communication goes down, you can't think about, oh, I need to fix this and I need to do that. Then if I call, the, you know, uh, a chopper or whatever to bring me my part and all, whatever, right? Whatever the situation is, you can't think about that. You got to think about what can you do with what you have right now? And that's cool. Right. You know, you already had a business. You just had to readjust a few things and boom. And it, it helped you out. Right. Right. Uh, and so it helped that person out who has a job and can take care of their family. You know, mm-hmm. so that's pretty awesome. So I know during code, uh, def, I keep saying code camp. Everybody knows. I keep saying that throughout the podcast, <laughs> <laughs> uh, during the coding boot camp on the safe way to say this, <laughs> You were talking about Pearl. Do you have any experience with that? I know you were saying a family member of yours. Uh, oh, that yeah. Like that, something about how you got into coding. Yeah, there was. I had a family member that used Pearl, and Pearl's kind of old. Yeah, very. And um, That's there the one was with something. The dolphin, right? A logo or something. Let me yeah, see. I think so. And so, and I always thought that was that was neat, and it was to, back then to me it was kind of nerdy, and I was just. Something came up, and I think it was Cash. Was it Cash? Oh no, it's a camel. Pearl is a camel. I think the dolphin. That's like my sequel. Okay. Uh, Cash Myers was uh, talking about something, and he brought up something, and I brought up, oh, yeah, you know about Pearl then or something, and he's like, oh, you know, that's still being used, and it's it's kind of rare that it's being used, but it's being used, and uh, so that that kind of like when I saw him using things like that, it kind of was like, oh, you actually tell the computer what to do, like how to do things, you know, machine learning, I guess it is, and uh, the actual development. And that kind of was like, that's really neat. Um, I didn't get to learn Pearl, <laughs> but I got to see somehow how it worked. Yeah. And I thought it was really, really in- neat and interesting to say the least, because it kind of sparked my mind as, it sends you down this path where you're like, okay, there's more to this than I think there is. It's not just designing, you know, a, a web a wireframe and that's it. There's actually stuff behind the scenes that makes this thing tick and makes this thing go. And so that, that kind of seeing that was like, oh, there's more to it. And that kind of led me, you know, eventually led me down this trail of, of learning how to program and code. Awesome. Yeah. Kasha, uh, he has 20 plus years of experience. Uh, uh, yeah. I think it's from the nineties. Uh, he is actually a Lutheran pastor as well. He's a retired Lutheran pastor. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So he's just pretty awesome. I had some conversation. With him. I we're trying to get you on a podcast, Mr. Myers. So if you're watching this, just be ready for the invitation. Maybe this is the invitation. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, how did you get to dev code camp and what interests, what actually interests you? Like, I know that you said there's some things that led up to your life to get to that point, but you seem like you, most people would say you got it all figured out. You got a business, you have seven kids, God bless you. Uh, and you know, you went through all these adversities and, and you're at a place where you were, you're able to still provide for your family. Um, mm. But what, what was your goal behind getting into the, into the coding world? Well, you know, running a business is, is there's a lot of risk reward. Mm-hmm. You have to deal with every single aspect that's going to come across your desk. And it gets really exhausting mentally when there's constant, especially in the trucking and transportation or transport, there's 
constant something going on where this is a problem. We've got to change this. We got to get a loan. There's got to be this, and it's just constant, constant, constant. When you have a job, a regular job, um, you're always thinking about how can I get better and make more money. <laughs> you know, so it's it's one way or the other. There's all there's this line of stress that goes between one extreme to another extreme. And my brother actually got started with um, working with Microsoft. He went through, you know, he was in the Navy and he started teaching himself to code from free code camp. Then he started doing flat iron school and he did that for, he didn't do like a full boot camp. He was just teaching himself things. And then he did some other things and he, he built like this mini website, and was sharing it with me. I was like, hey, this is pretty cool. And I was like, that's neat, you know, and how did you do that? And he was telling me, the next thing you know, he gets accepted into some Microsoft program. And he applied, some friend had told him about a Microsoft program or a chapter or something. He got involved with that, then he applied and they took him and did some training with him. And then they basically offered him, and this is funny, they offered him a job doing something he didn't know how to do. And they offered him $180,000 to do it. Wow. And they were like, learn this. And, and we'll that pay was you. like entry, like his entry, entry to the tech first industry? job, first job ever. What year was this? And I was, I was, this was just a couple of years ago. He's only been wow. there, I think, two or three years. Wow. But he Reason. had to, he had to, he had to move to Washington, D.C. All right. And, he, and he's, yeah. Yeah. And uh, he used his security clearance from the Navy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he just, he hit the lottery, you know, in terms of coding, your first job, and they give you 186 a year? How do you do that? And to me, that was like, exploded my head. I was like, oh, shit, I did this years ago. Because <laughs> like, we had always talked about doing, you know, technology type things. Yeah. And my sister was the same way. My sister is an IT administrator, network administrator for a large she, she works for Southwire, and Southwire is massive. But this particular area up in Georgia, a city in Georgia, she they don't pay her very well because it's a good old boy system, and she's a woman. And uh, we can get into that, but yeah, it, yeah, she's she's looking to expand her. And I have me and him, me and my brother have been on her about, hey, why don't you just do like solo learn or plural site or something? Teach yourself, kind of like sort of like we did, sort of. I didn't have the time to go through free code camp like I wanted to, but I did dabble a little bit in it and um, me being thrown into the dev code camp was like my first full on dive in. Let's figure this out. So I was, I don't know how far behind I was on anyone else. I know you had a little experience with some things. I didn't have nothing in terms of that particular, I knew how to design a website, but not, with coding with, uh, you know, Spotify or Shopify and things like that. So, um, but that's kind of like, that's, that's, that's what inspired me is because he could go and he has a teaching degree uh, for middle school. You know, he was a middle school teacher. I talked him into the Navy and he wanted oh, to say hey, that. Talked for, me into yeah. the army going to the military. <laughs> I talked him into the Navy cause he was bored to death. You know, he graduated college. Went and been a teacher. He's like, there's got to be more to life. And I'm like, well, you're in a four wall <laughs> classroom, dude. Yeah, that's what you wanted to do. That's 40 grand a year. You're going to be in that 
And there's nothing wrong with teachers. I think they should get paid more. Yeah. I'm just no. saying where he was, as young as he was at 28, 29 years old, he's boarded out of his mind. And I'm he's like, he's older than you? Or? He's younger. He's younger, uh, 14 months younger than me. Okay, now we know his real age, guys. We know Stan's real age. <laughs> <laughs> I just turned 40, so there you go. Praise God. <laughs> but, uh, you know, for him, at 37, I think, is when he landed the job at Microsoft. Didn't have to use his you degree. Yeah. Wow. 37. Yeah, he and was you know, 37. What's so, what's so interesting is, like, a lot of, you know, a lot of people always put themselves down because they're older. And they feel like they have... That's the thing about society, right? It and I don't want to be too political or theonomist, right? About the way our culture has switched to like this new postmodernism and just like the this the different statues that you have to have. But if we look at a biblical times, a lot of the great men's of the Bible were surpassing a hundred years old and doing God's will. So mm. That doesn't mean that because they're 100 years old, they're bedridden. Most of them guys are still kicking it. They're still kicking it. They're moving their people around, you know, um, taking territories in the name of the Lord. And they were just doing God's work. And then now we live in a society where us, right, we have to have, it's not humility. It's more of imposter syndrome that they're feeding us was like oh well, mm -hmm. i'm too i'm too old to get into this industry because coding is for the younger guys they they know about computers more than i do it's more prevalent in their culture and their lifestyle compared to when i started but that's not true because a lot of these men and you're on your age group you had the first video game systems you had the first computers to the public consumer that were coming out you know so that that just does that throws out the window and you know mm -hmm. it doesn't matter like i've heard of 50 60 something year old men and women taking coding boot camps and still getting jobs right Co career jobs that they don't need because they're on retirement but they still have it and, and they were still able to obtain it but that's awesome i'm really happy for your brother that he was able to obtain that um at, yeah. at his age yeah Unbelievable. And, you know, talking about the age thing, there was a guy, I don't know if you saw this, but recently, I think he was 55. He went through ranger training. They told him he yes. wouldn't make it. They told him he was story. too old. They told him all these things. He went through it and passed it with flying colors. And, the, you know, the, I know they have that cutoff standard at, I think, 42 or whatever it is. Yeah, and then you have but, to get a waiver of some sort. Yeah, and he did. He had to get some waivers, but he went through it with no problems. And it, it's very challenging at that age, I'm sure, because, uh, you know, if I lay on one side for too long, I start to ache. <laughs> yeah, well, but, my dad, he was, a, he was a 12 bang bang, a combat engineer um, towards his latter days. of, And then, like, he did other engineering, like horizontal engineering. So he did all sorts of engineering in the army. And when we were living in the United States, I'm originally born and raised, I was born in Puerto Rico, raised there for a couple of years and kind of moved Orlando, Georgia, and then uh, so on and so forth from New York. But he was 55 at some point in his career where he was outrunning the youngest guy that was coming straight mm -hmm. out of boot camp. And he was in top shape and a lot of people call him grandpa or pops or whatever. And yeah, it's impressive how, and they come from a generation where men were hardcore, not saying that we're not, 
I would I would be humble. I'm gonna say that my generation is not as hardcore as men from back in the day. <laughs> Some guys yeah. were big and strong mm. and invincible, you know, true American strength. And but you know, it's just nowadays we're in a society where we have to contemplate: Am I good enough? Am mm. I good enough? But in the well, eyes you know, of the Lord, we're good enough with what we have. And when right. we're able you know, to you look at these older generations and people knock on them, but they, they had to go through much more physical labor than, mm-hmm. say, the younger generations did. So they had to work more physical labor and more, I guess, manual or, or you know, whatever than, than we had to because we have tech now, you know. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a, I guess – strength or whatever is, is slowly changing to more brain power how much can you adapt to this type of environment because our environments our environment and a social standpoint is changing and it's changing pretty quick and that's because of technology mm-hmm. you know i i was i found my nokia phone in a box <laughs> like one of the first nokia phones in a box a the couple weeks ones, ago as it goes through that, stuff that lasts for ages of well this you know it's about like that big mm-hmm. and you know, and I was like, does this thing still work? And I plugged it up and charged it. Sure enough, freaking Nokia never going to stop working. <laughs> Even you know, when Jesus comes, it's still probably going to be I'm working. telling you, I think it's still going to have one bar signal. That sucker's still going to work. And it's going to be like, what in the world? But I showed it to my daughter. And she's, you know, seven. One of my daughters, she's seven. And she goes, what is that? I'm like, it's a phone. And she goes, well, why is there like three letters for every number? Time and I'm like, capital. oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, I don't know. And she goes, well, wouldn't it be easier just to make a keyboard? And I was like, well, yeah, it would. It, it would be. You know, but back then we had to press it three times to get to the letter. <laughs> we it was a little bit harder for us to be able to do things, but now things things are made easier because of all the hard work that the people in the past have done. And then for this generation, they're going to have to work hard to make it even easier for the next generations that come in the future. Yeah. And that's why I love technology because this allows us to do those things. Yeah, you know, there's a good and is there's a good and is the evil to all things. Um, and and the good is that we're able to communicate with people around the world. Uh, we're able to proclaim the gospel all around the world without limitations. Uh, so there shouldn't be no excuse at all for no one to receive the gospel at some point unless you know they live in a very remote area where they can't get that they don't have those resources um but then you know there's, there's also no excuse that if you wanted to uh change your trajectory of your life and you wanted to code that you couldn't find a local internet cafe and like start teaching yourself code because i've seen and i've read stories of that nature you know there's, there's a lot of perseverance and the human nature, when the human puts all the brain power to be committed to something, very focused. Once you're focused, you sky's the limit, and and that's um that's one of the things I really admired about you. When you were in the coke camp, you you still attended class, sick and all, and <laughs> and I know that the 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 academy was pretty uh um gracious right because to understand that's what i loved about dev code camp they really understand not only the developer from a developer standpoint but also from a human standpoint we all have children we have some of us have children some of us have uh two three jobs right whatever it is they understand but they understand that we have this willingness to uh be a part of the future and and that's what they they want to keep adding on it's it's the future generation of devs 
Um, so, yeah, let's talk a little bit more about that. Um, yeah, they they uh, they went. I think they might have told me, hey, just take a couple of days. <laughs> they saw me with all the tissues. I mean, I got really. I caught the flu. And that was during the the capstone for individual capstones, right? I know, and that that I put I was put behind like a week, week and a half, because I missed like a bunch of stuff. So when I came back, I was already behind everybody. It's in the middle of the, I think, the break there. Mm-hmm. So I'm, like, trying to figure out, okay, what am I supposed to do? Nobody's responding. Uh, everybody's on break. Like, what do I do? And I, I was talking a lot to the Elizabeth and divorce and some of those because years. I was, like, trying to figure out what to do, you know. But they were very gracious in giving me deadline after deadline after deadline <laughs> to help me get through the course. Because they, they I'm, I'm sure they knew I wasn't going to give up. You know, I wasn't going to give up. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't the best student, and I didn't know everything, and I was lacking in a bunch of a bunch of areas. But I kept pushing through and trying to figure things out. And I, I, I shot myself in the foot with a few things, and I tried to take some, some shortcuts as well. But I think at the end of the day, it was like, well, I, I built this crap. You know, I, I built this up, and I made it as bad as it looked. I made it look good, and, and it works. And it's not perfect, but... You know, I did what I was supposed to do, and I got that certificate. <laughs> Amen, brother. That's awesome. Um, yeah, they, it definitely. I was having some issues with medically as well. I started having vertigo, and it was affecting a lot of my latter portion of the course, and uh, even like my capstone. But I kept pushing through. Like my wife and my in-laws can tell you, I was in the room. Just constantly, constantly, constantly. They're the ones that had to give me a hard stop reminder. Hey, you got to eat and you also got to drink. Um, also, step away a little bit. But, you know, it's just I I thought about the future of my family. And it was very critical for me because um, I didn't want to work a nine to five job for the man. I mean, I'm still going to work for the man at some it, it, mm-hmm. ultimately, but not doing something i don't have a passion for like my father-in-law he he told me uh, months ago last year he was saying son i i can see it in your eyes not the lionel richie song okay but <laughs> i always think of that song um, hello <laughs> let's do a duet guys <laughs> we'll be right back <laughs> um but yeah he was like I can see that you're exhausted and you're tired, but I admire that you're willing to work to provide for your family and push your family forward, doing something that it may not be what you know, right? Like what you have a full knowledge on and you still do it. And then you still do things on the side so that you can continue to uh, be better at your craft, but ask the Lord, Ask the Lord to provide the job that you need or the career position that you need, but also trust that he will do that in his own timing. So in essence, that's what his his advice was. And it was encouraging because it led me more to really um, not to beat the dead horse, right? Because it feels like it's been the, the, the topic of most episodes recently, God's will. And that's really primarily as Christians, if we understand God's will, we understand the trajectory of our path that he's leading us through because it's, it's that first step that we have to take. Like today at church, we learned, uh, I, I, we were listening to a sermon as a Spanish church and the sermon, the pastor, um, from our mother church in, in Mexico, 
uh, and we're here in Lincoln, Nebraska. He, the pastor was t- preaching and says that, you know, to, to, uh, to make an empire, to, to be closer to the God's heart, um, you have to have a fervent, like a f- strong faith, right? And also learn how to be humble, uh, have a humble heart, have a strong heart for the faith. And then the third point he was going to give and the transmission cut off. But those two things, even alone, without exposing, like uh, doing the first, the third point, those two things alone makes critical sense. Because mm-hmm. when I went through DevCo camp, and I'm sure you did as well, I'm sure at some point you were just looking up to God and be like, God, you, you have this all in control, right? You know, if I'll pass or fail. And if I didn't, I still have knowledge to still push my family forward. Because that's how I saw, right? If I didn't get a certificate, I knew how to work with JavaScript. And I'm a studious person. I love to study, learn new things. That doesn't stop me. And I hear, you know, Devoris even talked about how you were always researching things and finding ways to do things. A little obstacle is not going to stop us from from doing what we need to do. Uh, and right. I, and I think that's what DevCoCamp really taught me more than coding. It really taught me how to be really a better father a better husband, how to manage my time better. Uh, thank you, JJ, for teaching us how to walk our brain. And then um, just taught me how to be more organized with my thoughts. It's okay. It's it's good to critically think, but you also have to critically organize your life in a way that is manageable and also that, you're, that would allow you to be a good programmer because you're not going to code with a bunch of nonsense in your head you want clarity you want a peace of mind and you also want to be able to solve problems so you got to solve your problems first before you can solve other else other people's problems and and that's the beauty of being a programmer because you you're able to adapt uh learn to adapt to those things yeah exactly and it, it taught me too that i need to make my children start submitting a question card uh, <laughs> so I can divide my time with all the issues we'll they need have. An update on that and see how that works. <laughs> Special update, guys. It just randomly comes into an episode. I'm <laughs> telling you, they question carded me to death, and I'm like, ah. And I'm like, I'm the kind of person that I don't like asking questions. I, I like yeah. trying to figure it out, and I'll get my. And I kind of, I, I kind of ruined myself by doing that because. I'll, t- I'll think I have a way to figure it out and I think it might work and I'm trying to piece some stuff together. And it's like, it's all because I have this, I don't know if it's this internal fear uh, or, you know, I don't know because usually when they would answer a card, it would be something so simple that I just did not see. And I'm like, I should have seen that. So I would try to find ways around answering my own question by using the internet or and the world's just right. I would resource the crap out of stuff. And I would pull up all kind of stuff and just to try to see what what was available. And I tell you, uh, every everybody wound up doing pretty good. And I, I've I've got a job, um, a backup job, I guess you could say, that starts at the end of this month with a company. And I'll have to learn Java and Spring Boot and some of that. Okay, but so software what, development side of things. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's going to be um, the. The day after I graduated mm-hmm. is the day they called me. So they gave you an offer? They gave me an offer already, yeah. I already wow. signed a contract without and everything. Without even knowing that stack yet. Yeah, without Incredible. even knowing it. And what they do is they're going to train me for six weeks. Okay. That's and good. Then I'll, That's like an internship then, for six weeks. Yep. 
So the six weeks is without pay. So I've got a this free internship. Know, yeah. Yeah. It's a free internship. So, you know, and then, it, you know, once I get done with my training and everything and whatever, I'm, I'm pulled on and I get the salary. And I think it was like 63 a year. So, so it's like, a well, junior a developer position. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, I think that the other end of the deal was I got to stay there for a year, which is fine. I have no problem with that. Staying somewhere for a year and learning and in, in, in that kind of environment. That will help me be a, a better developer. Do you still run your business? Uh, it's kind of on autopilot. I mean, the guy, he 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 takes the orders. He does what he does. Uh, he'll call me if there's an issue. Like the other day, there was some issue about something, and I, I had to make a correction or give him some advice. But At it's this really. Point, you're really more of a CEO than anything. Yeah. I'm just kind of like, well, whatever happens, you know, and if something major happens, then call me. If not, you should be able to handle it. He's a pretty good driver. He's, he's, a, he's a reliable person. So, um, and we're, we're friends anyway, so he calls me randomly. But uh, I, I'll be able to focus and do what I need to do. And then I have other avenues of income that I can do that's, you know, involving making my own schedule. So I have like backup upon backup. That's just how I'm how yeah. I gear things like I'm going to make sure I'm going to be able to do something make sure I can provide. Cause if that truck goes down, I'm up the Creek unless I have some sort of backup plan. So I always set myself up for a backup plan with a backup yeah. plan and my experience in trucking and, and transport and logistics in general and management, I can land a job in five minutes. And I've actually, I put my, I put my application out to like 80 places and I got about 14 calls for different jobs that have nothing to do with development just because they saw my resume. And I'm like, I'm not trying to do that right now. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> no, trying to, I'm trying no. to go on the development track here. Yeah. 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 So. That's, that's awesome. Um, so what did you enjoy the most about your experience to become a full stack web developer? What was one of the biggest, uh, what was the hardest? And then what was the most enjoyable aspect of that journey? The hardest part is really grasping JavaScript. Right. Um, understanding how object oriented programming works, because I'm still not fluent in that. I'm I have issues, uh, small issues here and there, but I'm working through them. And I think it takes a while to to finally get it down where you just have it. You know what I mean? Um, I was I thought the design process was easy and I was very surprised by that because CSS and things, I thought I just I looked I looked at that as the easy part. And it was, <laughs> I created, I think when we worked at, at the, with the group of divorce and Elizabeth and even Monte and Drew, they were like, how'd you do that? <laughs> like, well, this bootstrap thing over here. And I actually made an app where it had highlighted neon letters. It was really cool looking. And um, I was, I was, just saw it online. I saw somebody do it and I was like, I'm going to find out where that is, you know? And go figure that out. So I started Googling and, and figuring out how to do that. And it, it probably looks like a 19, <laughs> I, I don't know. It probably looks like it's an overdone website, but it, to me, I thought it was cool looking because <laughs> it was different. It wasn't, you know, white and black. It, it had yeah. more, more stuff going on with it, but yeah. I thought the design stuff was really, uh, it was enjoyable. And I think learning how to put the applications together, right? You got your front end, you have your back end. And learning how to marry them together with APIs, you know, and different things. So um, Elizabeth was very smart uh, in figuring things out. And I kind of like coached with her. Elizabeth, we, if you're listening. 
yeah, we, we worked together on some things. We worked together really good because we'd laugh and joke and, and like I'd try to research something. She'd be trying to like type out, figure out, and then we'd switch. And uh, it worked out. We, we was able to accomplish some things pretty cool. And then even after the course is over, our, well, actually, at the end of getting the course done, we had to work on getting our grade up for one of the projects. And it was just, it worked, but there were some small things we had to fix. We got back together and fixed that and got that straight. And so it sounds like you're, you're, you enjoyed a lot of the pair programming aspect of. Yeah. I like working with teams. I'm, I'm, I I like working with teams and people because I get along with anybody and being able to bounce ideas off. Or if this person has this idea, it might be better than mine, but my next idea might be better than, you know, to move the project along to keep it going. I really like that. I don't, I mean, I like doing individual stuff too, but I, I think that working together and you're on the, like the same mindset and you're trying to figure out the same goal to do is much more advantageous because there's always a new idea or some other point of view that can help. Right. Right. Unless you just don't get along with that person, you know, but uh, pairing up with divorce first, he was my first partner. It was sort of a struggle at first because we were trying to figure out how each other learns and how each other understands things. Yeah, because it was we, probably like two alpha males standing in the same room. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but it wound up we became friends out of it, and we didn't really have any tips. It was just like trying to figure things out. He liked Thanks the if together. statements. I was trying to figure out the switch cases, and neither <laughs> one of us were right. <laughs> you know, I actually, I actually like switch cases because they're so simple. But yeah, from a scalability point, switch cases are not that great. So no. if statements are better, and if you learn conditional rendering when it comes to React, even better. You can still use right. if statements, but it's it's a more logical operator based um segment when it comes to that. And I really like that because with conditional rendering, we what you do is you just say if this is true then load up the information but if it's not true hey throw a spinner in there right mm-hmm. a little spinner or some loading mechanism and i thought and i think that's pretty cool or say hey throw an error right this is uh not found profile not found or whatever or 404 um stuff like that and i come from a no code experience right, from the web design industry so i dealt with like page builders using wordpress and I did dabble into HTML and CSS during my experience, even prior to that. So I used like websites like webs.com, legacy mm-hmm. place, where it was like an HTML builder, but you had to like code the website, it even gave you templates. Um, so I dabbled into that at a really young age. But when we're talking about like actually making a website interactive, I didn't even know what JavaScript was at the time. I thought that was some exotic language and I would have to watch tutorials and just copy and paste. Until later, I started learning that a lot of the JavaScript language is deprecated. And then what is deprecated? Well, good question. Deprecated means is legacy code doesn't work. It's it's not being used. So it's like var is a deprecated keyword, a reserved keyword. You use let or const, right? Const mm-hmm. meaning it's, con- it's constant. It doesn't, you can't change it. While let is more flexible, you can change it's like the way it works, it functions and everything. So but var is no it's no longer used as a reserve keyword yeah and, you know so you start learning that and i'm like oh wow and it, it's pretty awesome like learning never stops it really doesn't right um so it sounds like you like to css now did you learn 
did you always remind yourself that you can't focus on how something looks that you should always focus on how it functions? Yeah. Um, that was a battle I had too, as a designer. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, if you focus on how it looks and not how it works, then you're going to run into issues. Um, now, obviously you want to be able to position things where they need to go. And instead of where some of them might wind up, <laughs> if, you know, it's and yeah. one of our application stuff wound up on top of each other and like, you know, what's Flexbox? We got to figure that out. So, um, but you know, the functionality, I think I had the most trouble with the search, it, it, like being able to do a search on something. Like if I put in something in the nav bar, or in the search thing, and I, I would filter it. My, my filtering understanding of how to filter things was really struggled. I struggled with it for a while, and then I finally figured it out. But um, that was like the most frustrating. But I spent a lot of time on filter, whereas opposed to I could have spent time on other things, doing other things for an application. So, um, but that was all in the design, right? But I was trying to figure out like how how does this I, I can get the design down, but how do I make this filter work so I can go to a different design, a different design, a different design, instead of learning how this worked first. So um, I'd get myself into some trouble, but yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, so we, so you you had a job doing design, didn't you? Yeah. So um, when I was in the military. In 2019, I was reached out, um, shout out to Andrew Davis, who's the CEO and founder of Small Dot, which is a creative agency um, out of Utah and Logan, Utah. And um, he, I knew him through a friend because the uh, that friend was a veteran who I was gaming with that I met through other friends when I was streaming. You know, it's like that domino effect of networking. And then um, I actually was looking for a hosting company at the time Then I got onto the hosting company uh, because my friend referred me to his company. And then he, we started talking because I was having some issues with something on a website, like where the hosting aspect of things. Um, and then he like randomly just reached out to me and asked me if I was able to build a logo for a client of his, that, for his creative agency. So it wasn't host Husky it was small dot. So we did that. I gave him my price, a fixed price. And then he, he loved how I was able to get it to specification. The client loved it. And then eventually he was like, Hey, I would like to, um, we were like having a conversation. We even talked on the phone and eventually I started doing freelance work as a contractor, uh, on the side while I was in the military, you know, praise God that that those funds actually helped us, you know, being a PFC, uh, where they're taking your full BAH to pay for your housing in Hawaii. The BAH is nice in Hawaii, but you don't really see it because it's paying for your house in full instead of mm. you pocketing something. And if you wanted to do that, you had to go into kind of like the more ghetto-ish looking uh, properties. Um, long story short, I, we, I continued on and then eventually that's all she wrote. That was history from there. And I kept going. And when I got out the army, uh, or when COVID hit, I had more time. It was like I was working full time because I lived outside an hour away. And they said, if you, your only mission is central, if you're closer to base, 
Um, and then I was already kind of exiting out. I was doing paperwork. A lot of it was pending. So I was working from, from like where I was at until I got out. And then when I got out and came back to the mainland, then I just went full time. Well, I looked for a job, found a job, just to transition, you know, start getting bills paid. We just bought this house that we we're in at the time. And this is 2020. Uh, no, 20. Yeah, 2020. And then, wow, it's been that. Wow. It's about to be two years coming up <laughs> being out. And then I just I, I gained a lot of experience. So I work with no code tools and then also called uh, one called Divi. And then I actually started doing a lot of design, also studying a design from another web designer that we had in house. But it was it was pretty awesome. I was able to even develop websites without a wireframe, without any type of mock-up directly from a page builder. My creativity was just constant. And I learned a lot, like how to place certain buttons in certain places, what call to action was. So I learned marketing as well because it's also critical to how you want to place some things and theory and the philosophy of how the human brain works when it comes to web design. Man, I just I'm a very analytical person, technical person. So those things became so natural to me. And that's kind of what I, I didn't want to display 100 percent in Dev Code Camp, but it still came out because I love to share that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that was a bit of experience. And and that's why JJ always said not to answer questions, <laughs> questions or anything, because <laughs> he wanted everybody else to. And, and that's fine. I, I was humbled by that because. I was going to stay muted anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I, I really like JJ. He, he was sort of that calm, collected, uh, submit a question card, Stan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, uh, that I had that issue too, where I, I try to do it all myself, but I start, you know, I, I start to come to realization that question cards are very important. Even when I was doing a pair programming, I was like, man, yep, this is why we need question cards because if like one partner's logic or method doesn't work out or, and then yours doesn't then, or you're just colliding or clashing in like your, your thought process, then you need like an outsider to come and grab and look at it from a bigger picture view. Be like, Oh, okay. Now I know. And then they have the experience. They have the maturity to of coding and also the industry. And they're like, Oh, this is what you got to do. And what I love is that, they don't only help you, they teach you still. It's a teaching moment, right? Your yeah. question card. And, th and that's what senior devs ideally are supposed to be. I've heard nightmare stories of some senior devs that are not teachers by nature. They're like, oh, yeah, your code is so messed up. Here you go. I fixed it for you. You can like blah, blah, blah. Instead of like, hey, man, great job. I see where you were going, but this is how it how we should do it based off how the rest of the application is built and for scalability, whatever it is, teaching moments are so critical, so critical mm -hmm. to the growth of anyone, of anyone, even in like a regular workplace. Um, right. So you, you got the new job. I haven't started mine yet, but I'm, I'm, you know, I did that coding challenge thing, but, uh, you started a new job. You started this past week or have you started yet? No, but you announced something I wasn't going to announce yet. Oh. <laughs> I'll announce Sorry. it now. Thank you, Stan. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, guys, I actually got a job um, as a video creator primarily for a WordPress software company called SoFly. 
I'll be dealing more with their WP All Import product, uh, which is a kind of like a database importer and exporter as well from like WooCommerce um, and also just WordPress in general. Uh, check it out, WPAllImport.com. Um, that's what I'll be primarily doing is creating tutorial videos or recreating tutorial videos uh, for the for different aspects of features that you can do with that product. They have a backlog, so they take we're taking care of that. And so I start tomorrow officially. Uh, it's the 6th of February as the time of this recording. Official start day would be February 7th. I was working for Homeland Security prior to this as a data entry operator, and Friday was my last day. Um, but you know, again, I praise God that I was able to still provide for my family until the point this, this type of job, I will also be doing some development, um, from what I've discussed with them for future projects. Um, and they're unknown projects at the time, but I'm actually, I just got a course on Udemy, which I'll just, uh, mention later on. But I got the I got a course on Udemy just to get in the hang of WordPress development because I've never really done that per se. You know, actually creating your own custom theme, uh, using PHP to create custom post types. I've used like plugins that assist you with those kind of things uh, using WordPress. But yeah, it's it's super awesome. And then you can also use JavaScript, which is nice to build a lot of the interaction. I'm learning Next.js, which is a it is a, a re, it's a web framework, a JavaScript web framework that uses React. A lot easier to understand for me per se, a lot cleaner in its code base and more performant, but it also has image optimization. So it optimizes your images, content. Also is great for SEO, for search engine optimization. Um, and then you can actually put that on a headless CMS, which is a content management system, WordPress, a constant man content management system, if I could say it right. And which is where you just, for those that don't know, a content management system is just a place where you can actually write content. If you check out WordPress, you'll see what that is, but there are headless versions, meaning there is no, uh, it's a platform agnostic when it comes to building a front end. So you don't depend on WordPress. You depend on WordPress to build the front end with headless. You don't depend on that content management system to build the front end. All you're doing is writing out content. And then your front end is going to be, if you want to use react or you want to use felt, or you want to use a uh, view or Nux, all these other languages, Stanley, that I have been dabbing into, like just learning to see what's out there in the industry. Uh, it's always good to sharpen the iron. And yeah, that's what that is. But with WordPress, you can do the same by nature. You can't. So someone created like a headless version of WordPress through a library of some sort and then using REST APIs and developing and WordPress is open source. So that's why now they have like a headless aspect of it using REST APIs, which is nice because we're familiar with that through our stack. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's not performance. It's not really good on performance. But if you add something like Next.js or they have Gatsby, which is very similar, another React web framework, um, then you you have these similar features. They're good for SEO. They're performing on the front end. Uh, very low. Like they do static generation. So what it what that means is, Stanley, is that when you load up a web page, it doesn't load up all the JavaScript right away. Usually that's what happens when you build uh, React applications. It has to generate the JavaScript for the site to work. So it has to render it out. 
first because uh-huh. React is based on rendering. So it has to render all this out. And that's why if you look at the code, if you look at the public folder, there's a specific aspect of the HTML that says you need to enable JavaScript on your browser to view. But with the static site generator, uh, there's various ones like Astro.js or Astro.build, um, Next.js, which is the one I'm learning. They have two aspects of it and what they actually let me just pull that up just to reference that here they have pre-rendering hold on on. it's two forms of pre-rendering so they have static generation and then server-side rendering so pre-rendering what it does is it takes your javascript and whatever it can output to html it's going to output to html and that's a lot of stuff that, that doesn't require like user inacti- uh, interactivity. So like, let's say you had some special animation or some type of pop-up that you do with JavaScript uh, based on JavaScript that wouldn't load until the user actually initiates it. So oh, that's cool. So it's, it's there, right? It still exists, but for you to show you a website right away, it generates uh, HTML. So it says static generation is a pre-rendering method that generates the HTML at build time, which is really impressive. The pre-render HTML is then reused on each request. So every time like there's a, you go to a new page, that's a request that's being made. Then you got server-side rendering, which is the pre-rendering method that generates the HTML on each request. So static generation loads it all at once, right? In the HTML. But service side does it when it's getting told to do so, right? When it's fetching that request. Uh, it's pretty impressive for those that want to learn more about Next.js. They do have a, t- a very interactive tutorial and then it gives you like points. It kind of gamifies it for you and then you could tweet it. Well, that was, That's a, really cool. that was a mouthful. But I, I really wanted <laughs> yeah. to let you know, right? Like, and share with you guys what I've been learning all week. <laughs> um because that's what we're here for. We hear about code. I know we talk about other topics, right? But then that's part of the beauty of this podcast. I, I want it to be like, it's your home, Stanley. You talk about what you would like based off of like what you've experienced in, in your in your life that leads you up to this co- the coding world. And I would love to hear an update once you get, once you get a job, a uh, career starter. And I, I'm really impressed with just how awesome this framework is. I'm really passionate about using Next.js. And then, so I'm going to learn WordPress development, learn how to use Next.js as a front end, and then WordPress as the headless CMS, because whenever my job requires to do some development for WordPress, I'm ready. Um, But yeah, that's the long-winded thing to say that I got a job. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Next.js does sound fascinating. I I saw the link I think you shared, and I read up on it a little bit, and I was like, that's some next-level stuff. And I had no idea that WordPress would offer the headless type stuff. So yeah, there's uh, that's really neat. Headless WordPress. Um, There is a there is a um, GraphQL. So GraphQL is also built by Facebook. But there is a WP GraphQL. Uh, shout out to Jason Ball. He is like the lead engineer on that. Um, you can find him on Twitter. I'll actually link you guys over to WP GraphQL. And then also so you can check his content out. Really awesome guy. I think they're WP Engine. That's yeah, WP Engine team um, that actually um, 
supports that product, endorses that that product. And basically, what it is is like GraphQL is think of it as a as a REST API system. So it's that's pretty cool. Yeah. So it's um it's pretty impressive, and that's what most most WordPress developers use as well. Sweet. But um, I know we're kind of starting. I'm starting to learn a little bit about Java and uh, Spring Boot and things like that. Uh, primarily because of the job, the backup job that I have for the end of the month that's coming up. Um, you know, for the training or whatever. I, you know, I looked at Free Code Camp to kind of learn a little bit about that. And I was looking for some other resources to kind of sort of practice on outside of using uh, VS code, like where they would have like little question challenges and things like that. And um, so far I've been pretty successful, but I think I'm going to actually try. Tim, have you heard of Tim Bolchok? Bolchoko? I can't even say his name right. What is he's it called? A, he's a, he's an instructor, a programmer and a teacher. And he has, um, he has some courses on Java programming on Udemy. And I think he also has it's like a master class. I'm trying to see if I saw the other one. What was his name? Tim. B U and his last name is B U C H A L K. Should probably watch a YouTube video again and hear hear how it, his name is. He also have a Java Spring one as well. Um, what was you? What did you say was the other one? Java boot? Uh, Java Spring Boot was it? Oh yeah, Spring Boot. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he has. No, but he, he does have Java. He has a Java Masterclass. Uh, I'll 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 send you the link, and and for those that are interested, I'll send the Udemy link as well. Um. Yeah, here he's a really good instructor. I. I plan on taking. I plan on learning Python because it's kind of the fe- where the future is also heading, when it comes to like machine learning, artificial intelligence. It's something that they constantly mm-hmm. use for like anything data science. Um, but it is yeah, Java be and cool. Python are kind of leading the way on that it seems. And I've seen a lot of stuff about PHP too. Yeah, PHP is it's a framework uh, language, uh, server based. Uh, server-side based uh, framework language, but it's still pretty powerful. A lot of people say, yeah, it's irrelevant. It is powerful because uh, WordPress kind of, well, it has like 46% of the internet. So 46% is a big percentage. And every year they're constantly, yeah. it's constantly growing. So WordPress is built on PHP and and it's a good thing to learn if you're a developer right, that, that will be working with, the back end or just front end, whatever it is, even if you're not a developer and you're just like a designer and using node code tools, you should also learn PHP because if you need some custom thing to occur, you know how to do, to do that. Right. Um, yeah, this has been a really nice conversation. I, I felt like I had more questions, but I like where it went. <laughs> uh, how do you feel so far, Stan? You ready for a little bit more? <laughs> yeah, I'm a, uh pretty confident and i'm um, being called for dinner okay <laughs> let's um, put that noise in the background was. sorry about that <laughs> no worries um uh, we're about to hop into the gospel se- segment here um if you do have to step off to eat dinner you're more than welcome to um i will continue on and troop on and but i wanted to share something that 
was um really moving right that i i learned today well that really touched me today during this sermon and um pastor talked about uh, the centurion and just like how the centurion's faith is what healed the servant so if we look into matthew 8 5 to 13 and i'm reading from the esv version the they call it the essential standard version <laughs> baptists are funny um <laughs> they the word of the lord says when he entered capernaum a centurion came forward to him appealing to him Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly, terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. This is Jesus. Um, but the centurion replied and said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And I say to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, truly, I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown in to the outer darkness in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth it's amazing how jesus kind of already talks about revelations uh in this passage and to the centurion jesus said go let it be done for you uh for you as you have believed and the servant was healed at that very moment so i uh, one of the biggest things that i learned today was that my faith alone can also provide that healing that others need Christ and you know sometimes as as developers or as programmers we get into this moment where we're very we try to be very self-dependent I'm not sure if you noticed that Stan even through the mm-hmm. good count like you said you know I try I try to resolve things on my own but we have to come to the realization when the when the instructor says use your question card use your question cards it's them saying humble yourself right and it's the same thing with our with our life and with our life with Christ, we have to come disposing and humble to be able to say, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. And, and that's the same way when we submit question cards of saying, Hey, I need help from someone that has more authority than me in the industry because they they are more mature. Right. But when, with our Christian life, we submit to the authority that is of God and Jesus being God carnal, right? And and knowing that this centurion saying, I am unworthy, <laughs> like he's not worthy, but he believes in the power of Christ, which is amazing because he's a centurion. Most people say, wait, he's a Roman. Romans don't, you know? So, so this is something I, I wanted to share, a small little gospel segment. But it uh, sounds like everybody's calling you. <laughs> I'm sorry. They're, I don't know what is going on. <laughs> but, but, you know, I do want to speak to that, you know, because th- there is this level of um, everybody wants to do things on their own without really needing help because they feel like they can do it. They have that sort of desire and that, that will that they can push through and, and do things. At the end of the day, when there's something that's so challenging, 
you have to be able to humble yourself and recognize that it's too challenging for you to to even um, deal with, and you're going to need help from God, and um, you need that you need that line of faith. And it's always awesome to understand that He is always going to be there and be faithful. And sometimes, you know, I heard somebody say that uh, God uh, God doesn't never answer my prayers, and sometimes He does by not answering. Amen. Amen. That is so, so true. That is so true. That's you know, so true. We, uh, there's there's another point too that we can ask for things um or pray for things that we hope is going to happen. And we may not see that blessing at that point, but that doesn't mean we haven't got the blessing. It just means we haven't arrived at the blessing he's going to give us and going to grant us. So always having always having some faith is extremely critical and being able to humble yourself you know just like second chronicles 7:14 says and uh, go away <laughs> i, I want to hear what you you citing that one oh second chronicles 7:14 okay honey thank you hey guys um, that's a special guest number 2 <laughs> <laughs> sorry so Second Chronicles seven fourteen is if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, and I will hear from heaven to forgive them of their sin and heal their land. And so the the thing is is there's a humbleness, you know, and every when we you know we were talking about John the Baptist, I think, before we started recording, but it's in the description of his parents. I think it's in uh, very early in Matthew. It's given a description of his parents, and it talks about how Zechariah and his mother were blameless. And it was he he mentions that they were without craftiness is actually the word. Right. And craftiness is like I was talking about about creating different holocaust or creating different rules around things. They're being crafty and how they're not going to try to break the law or break the rules by creating other rules that take their sight off the original rule. And I think when we try to be crafty in our endeavors and we don't humble ourselves and come with faith, we create barriers between us and God. And we create barriers between us and our goals. So just a little, little spot for that. Awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. And for those, uh, you probably already saw the verse on screen in a coded format. That's uh, that's what we do here in Code Fellowship. I hope that this uh portion has been encouraging, even though it's small and people got to go eat. <laughs> um, but you know, I I got to tell you that this job that I got, I wouldn't have had it if I wouldn't have repented. There's there's a sin in my life that the Lord called me to repent to. Uh, He forced me basically to kneel down i i couldn't kneel down in my car when i was praying but you know spiritually when we speak you can spiritually kneel down and that's that's where humility comes into play uh when you're disposing of of listening to his voice and um and just really uh allowing the holy spirit to work in your heart and your soul and and churning your heart because we're a very imperfect pot of clay and God is the potter, right? So he's the one that's constantly always molding us, molding us. But when there's a nick in it, he keeps going. He's, he's keep, he keeps going. He's, he's, he's the, he's so faithful 
and so gracious. And that's why I love the word grace, because it means undeserving favor. <laughs> We're undeserving of, of this life that we live and the things that we have. But he gives it to us because because he loves us uh, to the point that he gave his only begotten son. Um, and he and he wants to see his people thrive and be closer to him. But to close it out, uh, to close out this segment, um, I thank you for coming on. Um, I don't know if you want to share something. Uh, we're going to do the passing of the bread and you want to share something and then hop off and then I'll finish off the podcast episode. Sure. Um, There's something you've been learning, a resource that you want to give yeah, people. You know, I, I don't know you already know about this, but I just figured out what Figma was. And that's basically through a, through a coding challenge. And I don't know how long it's been around, but if you haven't figured out what it is, I thought it was really neat because I got to mess around with it today and I was messing around with it for the coding challenge. And uh, it was really, really interesting to see how it's set up. Now, it uses something that's a little bit different than Bootstrap, but it's very similar. So, and I thought that was neat to... I'll drop a breadcrumb for that one. Check out Figma. It's pretty neat. <laughs> I like that. Drop a breadcrumb. Passing of the bread. Look at that. <laughs> We're evolving here. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks Sam, for well, having me on, man. Yeah. Thank you, brother, for the our previous conversation, uh, getting to know you more. I would love to see you in a future episode with an update. Uh, we do plan on doing that with a lot of our guests. Um coming and getting them on again and if you know if it's even for you if you want to come just to uh speak more on the uh gospel function uh which is our segment uh for the gospel yeah we're more than welcome um i love the conversation we had prior and the conversation we just had now and um may the lord bless your food and your dinner um, thanks and nourish your body all right, all right we'll brother. see you guys later thanks man god bless thank you bye all right, guys. So that is the episode. Um, I actually, again, going to share the Next.js uh, tutorial that I've been working on and some Udemy courses that I've actually uh, got for myself to uh, check out. I'm really excited for just where web development is going, especially in my career, uh, how it's evolving. So I'm going to share some resources on that. Um, I also wanted to... I uh, share some resources that coincide with Figma. Uh, there is a plugin that you can add to Figma. Uh, no, actually, yeah, to Figma as well, but mostly primarily to Adobe XD. Um, and that is uh, called Anima. So basically what that does is it allows you to just take all your design elements that you created on Adobe XD on Figma. And I think there's, I believe, a few others um, that prototyping uh, and design softwares. And what it does, it takes that code and converts it over to like uh, Vue.js or React, uh, HTML. CSS is primarily what most of these do. So that way you can copy and paste like the styling and have that cohesive um, styling that you already designed. So that way it's almost pixel perfect per se. I also wanted to share a very awesome platform called Framer that I'm actually going to dab into. And I will talk more about this in another episode. So be on the lookout for that. Um, and then I'll probably share that prior to the passing of the bread. But Framer is actually a pretty cool uh, platform that's based on team collaboration. And what that allows you to do is just design your application. And from the design, you can output actual React code. 
Actually, let's go ahead and screen share that. I'm really excited for what it's capable of doing. So I'm going to go to framer.com and I'm going to screen share this really quick here. Let's take a look here. And it's going to load up here. So I apologize if it's taking a bit. There we go. All right, awesome. So this is Framer. So you can design interactive products with your team is really what their core focus is. So you can do app, uh, websites and then you can do apps. And then what's really cool is that you can also do components, but a lot of the times you really want to design components and then kind of stitch it together. So if we go to the developers uh, portion, you can see Framer for developers, a tool for interactive design backed by React. Uh, actually, the platform itself is built on React, which is pretty cool. And they also have a desktop version. I'm not sure if it's built on Electron. Most likely, uh, most applications like these are built on Electron for the desktop version. And basically, in essence, you take an you take a component or a portion of your design, and it can output the actual React code, and then you just place it on your on your application. So check this out. Look at that. And it does like based off of the uh, a URL, so it's fetching data from from an external source as well. Kind of like if you were to uh, fetch Bootstrap CSS or uh, Tailwind CSS or any type of external um, styling uh, framework or utility uh, tool, and you can just get it from a URL. So it's going through a CDN, a content delivery network without you having to have all the um, elements and everything in terms of images and effects and causing your application to be bigger than it should be. But it's pretty neat. It is really neat. I'm going to leave a link to this and you guys can check it out. And when I have actually uh, work on a special project I have in mind, I'm working on, that's going to be under classified for the moment being, then I'll like, give you guys a little demo on Framer, uh, it'll probably be like a live stream or or just an individual episode as well midweek, which I do plan on doing that, some tutorials midweek and just sharing things that I just want to share. But that's pretty much it, guys. I, I hope that this episode has been a blessing to you guys and really edifying. I'm really excited, guys. This, this, this ministry means a lot to me. And in a sense, it's, it's, it's a baby. It's like my baby, but it's God's baby. It's it's something that God is planting in my heart uh, and has provided the right people to build it up. Uh, I am blessed to have a brother in Christ like Zach uh, to help us bring this to life. Um, I got to tell you, without him, I actually wouldn't have been pushed to, to, to do this because I was really excited to do it with someone, not by myself, um, and have an accountability partner. Uh, during the time of this episode, you'll probably episode two will be out. So make sure to check that out. I'll leave a link down in the video description or I'll be at the end screen of this uh, podcast episode. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or you want to be on the show, uh, leave a comment down below or reach us out on Twitter. We're actually on Twitter. We have a uh, buy me a coffee profile page where you can just buy us a pizza so you can support this ministry in any way that you would like. Again, this ministry for me is not about financial gain. This is all just to give 
glory to God and proclaim his gospel and just uh, help one another uh, learn how to be Christ-like in an environment where the tech industry, there's a lot of darkness in it. And we want to be that light. And we will talk about these things, unfiltered ways of talking about it. Uh, I won't sugarcoat any of it. And I got to tell you guys, if it does come to a point that I get canceled, I have a platform already in place where you guys can consume this content and you can watch it as well. We are working on a website. It's also something I wanted to share. Good timing on that. We are working on a website that will be a hub for you to receive uh, this content. So if for some reason you get taken down by YouTube, Spotify, Anchor, you'll be able to consume it there. And you can sign up for a notification that can be sent out to your phone or through email. We will have those systems in place. And that is something that I'll be working on uh, using Framer to design it and then collaborate with Zach on that. And anyone else uh, that would like to collaborate, uh, we'll have that opportunity later down the line to kind of make it almost like an open source type of uh, community so that you guys can also input what you think should be on a website in terms of uh, presenting the content and how it should be presented. I love you guys so much. We love you guys. Jesus loves you. Always remember that. And always remember that you're not alone. Throughout the pain and ache that can bring outside of your coding world or the tech industry, your personal life, just know that you can endure all things through Christ who gives you strength. And, and that's the core of it all. It, it, it all leads to the humility and the understanding that God is by your side and that he does not leave you alone. When Jesus left this world to be at the right hand of the father, he said that he will not forsake us and that he would not leave us alone because the father will send he who will comfort and counsel us and remind us of his wonders. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit lives in us. It's, it's, the, it's God's spirit. It's the same spirit that he breathed in Adam and gave life to humanity. It's the same spirit that was descending from heaven and was placed into us so that we can live a Christian-based life, a faith-based life in Christ. So always remember that. Always remember that, that there's no other greater thing that you can have in your life than the love of Christ. Because man will always fail you. My wife could fail me. My children could fail me. But I know that God can't. I mean, my own intelligence, my own knowledge can fail me while working and I can make a mistake, but only God will not. And he he's so faithful that he may not allow me to fail. And if it's for me to learn, he will allow me to fail so I may learn from it and draw nearer to him. So never think that you're alone. Never think that you can do it all by yourself because it is he who gives you the wisdom and the understanding of all things to the limitations that he wants us to as well. I believe that there are certain ways that he allows us to, to live our life so that it does not cause us to be full of vanity, full of, of extreme pride, uh, make idols of ourselves because that can happen. God knows what we need and how it places us 
more direct to the path of heaven. So God bless you guys. Thank you so much for being loyal listeners. And remember, uh, hit the like button down below if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening, make sure to leave a review on this podcast and also your ratings. Uh, comment down below as well if there's any topics you would like us to cover in terms of coding and programming and also within the gospel function segment. Um, if you have any tools you want to share during the passing of the bread, uh, send that over to us and we'll check it out and also share it on your behalf. But actually, before I go, I actually wanted to read something that I that was um, sent to us on Facebook, my personal Facebook per se. I don't really use Facebook, but this is it was pretty awesome to see that this podcast actually has been edifying for others. So let's take a let's take a look here. Well, I'm gonna read it, so you guys will be looking with your ears. <laughs> Sounds funny. <laughs> All right. So this comes from a friend of mine that I used to work with at a company called Nelnet in customer service. His name is Travis, um, and just to be more respectful, I'll leave his last name out of it. But his name is Travis, and he said, "Oh man." When you said that there are so many similarities between the word, our walk, and just our relationship with God, I really felt the truth in that statement. I started coding back in November of 2019, and it was so exciting, but it was also very scary, and it made me question my ability to complete the code to fit my vision of the end design of my program. We all can relate to that at some point, from juniors to seniors. I started with super simple hot strings and then made my way into GUI, GUI, graphic user interface, for those that may be confused with that. When I finally got to building arrays and iterating through the parent-child relationships, I almost gave up, but I dug deep and gave it to God. I told him that I know I'm not smart enough to do this where I was, and he was going to need to open my understanding and give me the strength to push through. I attribute my entire success with software development to that surrender of my will. And just coming to him with the humility to understand my limitations. I'm so blessed to be where I'm at and really enjoy your tech from the spirit format of your podcast. Keep them coming. <laughs> Thank you, Travis. It means a lot. And I hope that there are more um, comments like this in the near future where it expresses just what God is doing in their life. Um, through this ministry and even outside before prior to this ministry, there is a Christian community of developers out there. I know there is. And this is why we built this podcast and we are working to build a community where everyone can gather together. Uh, we're still developing that Discord server. So when that is fully available, we will be announcing it. So make sure to stay tuned, subscribe to the channel. Also follow us on Twitter. And we're also on LinkedIn as well. Thank you guys so much for listening and for those that are watching. Um, God bless you guys. And always remember, this is Code Fellowship, where function meets purpose. God bless.